Wait, say boom again. You said it and you're you muted yourself kind of because you leaned in and scared your phone. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah, do it. Boom! Coming in hot, Chinchy. What's going on, bro? Did that, that land or no? It did, it did it again. I think when you yell, your phone gets scared. That's fine. All right, we, all right let's do it again. Let's do it again. Ready? You're doing it again? Okay, do it again. Boom! That Coming worked. in hot today, Chinchy. That was the third boom, and, and, and for some <laughs> reason, it's muting my boom. You know what, though? We were both fired up this morning. We, we like, we, we're talking. I love doing a show with you, man. And I know you yeah. do, too, but I, Me I have too, bro. I'll give you an apology right off the bat. At, at this point, me wearing this hat is just an insult to you because what fans don't know is <laughs> the reason he, part of the reason he's the mayor is obviously because he's just so nice to everybody. And he get, he's got this great T-shirt designing guy. He's got a <laughs> hat designing guy. And he gets all this swag and whatever. And then him and Sarah, Sarah's the nicest person in the world. They're just shooting T-shirts and and. <laughs> hats all across the country and sean told me yesterday he's like man i love that hat it's my favorite one i don't have any left and i'm like you don't even say dude i have six mayor's office hats just thrown around this house like i can i could do it next christmas maybe i'll just put mayor's office hats on the christmas tree and make that (laughs) decorations you gotta keep your stuff man you can't give everything away save save six dude number one well, no, it's on me, dude. I lost. I had. I had a couple. I can't find them. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a jag off. Although I did give a couple away to Jake's buddies a couple oh, years ago yeah. during his summer league team. But I saw JD has one of those, and you have one. So two of my favorite people still have it. So. Okay. And my buddy, my buddy Carmen wears it too. My buddy owns Kachita Bella. The, oh, he yeah. wears that too. So I got three three people in my life that I love you wearing. It makes me feel good. Born. Yeah, it's a great hat. Yeah. It's like a little yeah, it's a great hat, dude. Great hat. Running for the storm, baby. Running for the storm every day. What is it? A bull? Is that like a bull? Well, no, no, it's supposed to be a baseball? buffalo. It's a buffalo. Oh, buffalo. I, I I wouldn't notice that if I were not doing this right now. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a bull. <laughs> Maybe we should get more made and do some giveaways with them. They're great hats, folks. Yeah, no, they're great. great. Or instead of giveaways, maybe we can sell them and make five dollars once once in a while. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Our our prep normally is just like, hey, you know, we're uh, we text each other in the morning. We're having our morning coffee. And we just start yeah. each other some ideas. You had a great one this morning. You were like, you know what? Can you send me the tracker for the Baseball Hall of Fame? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's coming up. So I go, we look at it, and here's what we got. Beltray, 98.8%. Mauer 83%, Helton 82.5%, Billy Wagner 80.1%, and then I get angry. Sheffield is at 74.3, Andrew Jones is at 72.5. So I, you know, I'm kind of looking at my notes and stuff, and so I just like tweeted this out. Tweeted it out, and I said, explain to me why Gary Sheffield and Andrew Jones have to grind this thing out. Absurdity. They are Hall of Famers, but so I'm going to talk Sheffield, and then I think you got some yeah. thoughts on Andrew Jones too. But so very cool. One of my favorite guys on the uh, on the old internet, Gary Sheffield Jr. His 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 son responded, and he said, "If either was as likable to our media as David Ortiz, I bet you wouldn't be having this discussion right now." So I just like playfully responded. By the way, Gary Serfield Jr. is a great follow. He he he's honest and cool. And I go, well, I like your dad. <laughs> and he wrote, yeah. he wrote back, 
you got to be liked by everyone to win prom king, which is a pretty fun, pretty funny line. <laughs> But let's just, I mean, Sheffield, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Jason Stark just came out with his, uh, literally five minutes before the show. He's got Sheffield on there. Props to uh, Jason Stark, who's a great, he's one of the guys that takes it super seriously and great. Like, right. how, how much, long, I, I don't know what I can tee you up on because I already know your answer. Sheffield's yeah. a famer, man. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame here we are at the 10th year and Sheffield's at, you know, <clears throat> looks like he's going to probably miss it. You know, when you see it's 74% right now with still over 50% of the ballots to go in. I just think it's, I just think it's a, uh, you know, an injustice to, to baseball. Like this guy's 500 home runs, has more 292 career hitter, was the most feared hitter in the game for years. Um, you know, for, when, when there was a lot of, you know, big time hitters, you know, for anyone that says, you know, I, I love what well, the thing I love about Steph and the sorry that I love about Chef and the steroid stuff. When you he's vehemently denied anything, and also the one point that he makes is look at my body. My body's never changed right. and my numbers never fluctuated. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know, man. That's one thing for me. I played with Chef in 2007, one of my favorite teammates ever. I mean Dude, playing against him, he was always so feared. He hit the ball harder than anyone I've ever played against. And, like, I think I, to I told this story. We talked to Dunner about the one time Sheffield hit that ball to left. Yeah. It's, and we were in, in Atlanta. He skipped off the ground, <laughs> hit Dunner in the shoulder, and ended up, you know, it looked like Dunner was playing in third. So, I don't know, man. I, I guess, you know, I, I know voting is not easy. It's not easy to be a voter. But for me, if you really look at it, you know, and and Chef wasn't loved by the media, but Chef right. was loved in the clubhouses by the guys he played with, and I think that's the most important thing. And you know, if you're looking at this whole thing, you know, I just it's a shame that if Chef doesn't get in, I think that's a that's a real shame to the game. Yeah, and the last time we talked about this, I brought this up that I was kind of proud of. Jim Leland loved Gary Sheffield. Larry Boa loves Gary Sheffield. I have seen both of those men not love people, and you see what happens if if Jim Leland, Reboa yeah. do not love you. You better run for the hills. The testament to that's character. That's character. Neither of those two guys will say anything unless they really believe it and go over the top. Okay, that's that's part one. The second part, you say his body never changed. The other thing about him was people forget that. He, he his he was he wasn't like the jacked like uh clogging up your dh guy he came up as a shortstop dude mm -hmm. he's doc gooden's dot like nephew got some like he he no no he's doc he's doc gooden's doc gooden's his uncle his uncle dude how's your pedigree like you, he was born a baseball player he didn't inject anything him into himself to become a baseball player and he was the best on every team. And we said this again the other day. He played in the NL East. He played in the NL West. He played in the AL East. Every year he's going up against guys he's never faced in his life. And it's 280 to 305, 30 to 50 homers, 100 to 130 RBIs. Go look at his stats. What are we doing? I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. I, I'm. I love you. <clears throat> I love your passing chance because I. I feel the same way.
Yeah. All right. Well, we so we're in agreement there. Now, Andrew Jones, I, I brought him up to you today, and you were like, man, well, just go. You, you got I said something last night on the network. You know, I, you know obviously, sometimes you, you don't clarify your point, but my point was when you're playing against certain guys, you know who the Hall of Famers are. Gary Sheffield's one of them. But Andrew Jones, dude, <clears throat> and for, for maybe – for understanding when you're in the box and you're trying to hit those gaps and you're trying to, if you're not hitting the gaps, you're trying to get something that, that falls in front of those outfielders, you know, Andrew Jones, where he played, you know, center field, he played so shallow because he could go back so well. It was like, almost like you, you couldn't get anything by him, dude. You could crush the ball in the gap. He'd hunt it down. You could bloop one uh, over the, over the infielder's head. He'd hunt it down. It was incredible. He covered so much uh, real estate. It was absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, I, I was making a point last night on the network saying, I believe that he's the best center fielder ever. And I meant that in defensively, defensively. right? I mean, yes. defensively, like you, you obviously Willie Mays and Ken Griffey Jr. are probably the two best center fielders ever. Right. Right. I mean, because of their hitting and their defense. Yeah. But def and obviously they they won gold. Uh, you know Griffey, I think won twelve or thirteen gold gloves, and Mays did two or whatever. But when you go back and look at Andrew Jones for a ten year period there, dude, he was like I said, I like to throw Tory Hunter in that category too. Like I love, I like to see him start trending upward too. I go love that. Love it. Go look at his numbers. You know, he's one of only five center fielders that have three hundred fifty home runs and and uh, win ten gold gloves or whatever. But right. Um, like I said, man, when you look at that list, I believe it's 400 home runs and 10 gold gloves. Check it out, James. I believe it's Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr., Andrew Jones, and one one other guy. There's one other guy on that list. And I got it. I got it. Uh, yeah. 400 plus home runs. Okay, here, that goes right to your point, because those are the only three outfielders. The guy you're forgetting is understandable, because it's Mike Schmidt. They're Mike right. Schmidt, okay. Different Mike Schmidt. Schmidt. Different, Mike different category. Schmidt. Different category. And, and also, so Andrew right. Jones has the greatest war, you know, wins above replacement at like 24, something like that, of any outfielder of all time. So, yeah. and, and like I said, I never saw Willie Mays play in person. Obviously, Griff was... I mean, I, and and Griff would say it too. In Cincinnati, obviously he was banged up, you know, so he wasn't the guy in Seattle. So Griff was unbelievable too. He was incredible. Like right. he's one of the best center fielders of all time. Obviously, I'm saying from watching Andrew Jones and coming up with him in the minors and playing against him, knowing how tough it was as a hitter when you looked out there and saw him because he got everything, and then looking at his numbers, I believe, in my opinion, he's the best defensive center fielder of all time right. and maybe outfielder of all time defensively with the pedigree of the home runs and having some really incredible years out yeah. there in Atlanta. So I think with all that going, how's he not in Cooperstown already? Yeah. You know, yeah. This is his seventh year. Like when I looked at a, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys on those ballots, but it's tough to pick 10, but I don't know, man. It's uh uh Hopefully he's not going to get in this year, but hopefully he gets in next year and, and we don't look at it as another Gary Sheffield thing where right. we're at year 10 and he's off the ballot. You know? Yeah, and the people forget this, but don't forget he almost single-handedly 
beat the 1996 Yankees at 19 years old. Remember, he was hitting bombs right. all at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Right? I, was yeah. like, dude. I hated him. I hated yeah. him. But I love him. Dude, a few months earlier, I was on the Carolina League All-Star team with him. Right. Yeah. In 1996, oh, and then I go back to Richmond for my senior my senior year, and he's in the World Series. And I was like, "Who's Andrew Jones?" I'm like, crazy. "I just was on the All Star team with this guy two months ago." <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And hey, folks, like I I can speak to this on like a lower level because I remember when like when you're in high school, it's like, hey, when you get to college, it's going to be a little different. Like that ground board. That ground ball, the short that you always beat out, that's not going to be a hit anymore because these guys are a little better. Then I'm sure the same applies to when you get to the minor leagues. Everybody's a little step quicker. Sean Casey, who's arguably the best gap hitter of his generation, just said that there's a center fielder who he didn't want to, he didn't want that guy in center field because he was taking away Sean Casey hits. Sean Casey, liners in the gaps, both sides. It's like, Oh man, that guy's out there right now. That's a definition of a Hall of Famer. When Sean Casey, who's gonna hit 300 and he's gonna go two for four today, is now gonna go one for four because Andrew Jones is gonna be in, in uh playing rover like a uh like a softball team and and cutting off all his line drives and diving and making plays. Never got hurt diving for a ball. The guy dove for a lot of balls, never hit his wrist, never did anything like that. And listen, look, Griffey was a great center fielder, but Griffey hurt himself being a great center fielder. Andrew Jones, just, it always looked easy. I think that yeah. might be hurting him a little. You know those guys, like, I played with this guy, Damian DeLest in high school football, and he, and the coaches always yelled at him because he looked like he was lazy, but he was just so smooth that right. like, he would always finish first or second in, 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 the, <laughs> in the sprints, but, like, it looked like he wasn't making an effort, and I think Andrew yeah. Jones was like that. Andrew Jones, the game looked so freaking easy to him. It really did. Yeah. You no, no, I agree. I agree. He made he made it look so easy. I appreciate those comments, Jason. But I, for all the guys, I'm saying, true. Not, but not just me. There was so many good hitters in that generation. Like, go to John Smoltz's uh, induction speech. The mm -hmm. one guy he names is yes. Andrew Jones. Thank yes. you so much, Andrew Jones. I mean, Maddox, Glavin, all these guys. You win up the middle. All those Braves teams, what big reason they won is because Andrew Jones was in center field. Yeah. You know, so. John Smoltz is like, you know, 2.7 ERA probably would have been 3.2 with, with a crappy center fielder. Think about it. Like, right. how right. much that guy. So, if, if you're going to literally have professional baseball players going to the yard, looking at your saying, that guy in center field is going to take away a hit for me today. You are a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And the well, Sheffield thing. But, but also offensively, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great defensive, you know, players out there. I also think, but if Andrew Jones also, for me, you know, you think of Bill Mazeroski yeah. with the, you know, second baseman for the Pirates who really got in because of defense. Well, right. if guys are getting in because of defense, well, then – he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? right. Well, you know, yeah. That's why I love what you said about Tory Hunter. I, I always go back to this comp. If 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 Ozzie Smith is in a Hall of Fame, I get it that shortstop is a probably shortstop and catcher are kind of the most different positions and on the field of play than the other positions. But center field is imperative. 
It's huge. It means a lot. You mentioned Tory Hunter. I just want to pull this up because I love him too. For in the American League, he was the best defensive center fielder when oh, right. it wasn't even close. Go right. go just Google Tory Hunter robbing home runs. End of story. Right. It's right. the greatest highlight reel in baseball history. Here's his here's his career numbers. 19 years, Sean. 19 years on average, 162 game average, 277, 24 homers. 95 RBIs and 13 stolen bases. And that's 19 years. He was still at 39 years old. He stole two bases. <laughs> like, and had 22. How many, how many, how many bases did he steal for his career? For his career, he had 195 stolen bases. Okay. Right. 39 triples. Okay. 498 doubles. 1,391 RBIs. Uh, let's see. On base for the entire career, three thirty-one. Dude, he was the best defensive center fielder, but he's not. He's giving you twenty-four and ninety-five every year. For yeah, years. I love. Right. I love that you brought him up because I don't think we appreciate Tory Hunter. And again, obviously, if you're not appreciating Andrew Jones, you're not going to appreciate Tory Hunter because Andrew Jones is overall better than Tory Hunter, I think. But not every year, you know. I don't know. I love it. I love I love this conversation. Tory Hunter, dude. Tory Hunter was special. Yeah. He was so special, man. Just the way, just the way he played, man. It was incredible. I yeah. came up with Tory too. See, these are all these are guys I came up in the minors with, like yeah, this is their generation. Yeah, ninety-seven. He was in New Britain, Double A. That team was Tory Hunter, Big Poppy. Oh yeah. They, they, his name was David Arias then, though. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> but da David Arias. I want to say, I want to. No, there say were other Josh. guys on there. Uh, 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 the pitcher, uh, tall, great ambassador for the game, Latroy Hawkins. Right? Yeah, Latroy. No, and also, um, uh, Corey Koski was the third baseman. Yes. I think. Man, yes. I, I, I want to say Mankavich came up at some point. No, that uh, whole they, they, they just were lo they were loaded back then, dude. They, they just the only reason they were not a World Series team a couple of years is because the Yankees were such a buzzsaw. They they yeah. were. They 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 would that division was the twins for for five six straight years. Big yeah, time. yeah. They had so many good players. Remember they got how about how about how about I mean going going into that for a second? How about when Tom? How about Tom Kelly not thinking David Ortiz was a good uh, defender, so he kind of platooned him here and there. Like, come on, Tom, they missed that one. TK, get a, get a hold of yourself. There's a story yeah. out there. I remember him doing it on one of my shows, but it's out there. He said it a number of times. And Pedro has a story about. Giving up a bomb to David Arias or whatever. I think he might have been Ortiz. It was time. David Ortiz. He was David Ortiz. He, was when he, Ortiz got by the then. Yeah. he gave up a bomb to him and he went immediately into the clubhouse and called like the owners of uh, the Red Sox and was like, why, why is it, this guy needs to be on my team? I need him on my team. Nobody can hit me like that. He's great. And, and that, that Ortiz has mentioned a little bit that, that like Pedro had was like a big recruiter for him to go to the Red Sox. Yeah. He's the reason he got there. I mean, they let him go. I mean, the 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 the, uh, the uh, twins released him. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable, dude. That's unbelievable. Imagine that guy. Hold on. And then when it, dude, and when 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 Big Poppy got to Boston in two thousand three, he wasn't even starting every day. He was platooning. I know. Yeah. Who was? Oh man, I forgot the other guy. Was it Millar? Was he platooning with Millar? Or? I think he might be. Right. Yeah, I think he was. So it's two thousand three. Boston Red Sox is when he got there. Yeah. See. You'll you'll see at the beginning. He does not play in every game. Yeah, let's see. Well, 
Kevin Millar played 148 games, and David Ortiz only played 128 games. <laughs> By the way, he just snuck in 31 homers and 100 RB, 101 RBIs. So you're hitting 288. And those big hits in the 03, 03 playoffs and stuff. Yeah, like dude. Play, dude, his numbers are unbelievable. Dude, when, when I saw him at Double A when, when he came up in New Britain, I Ortiz. was like – when he was Arias? Yeah, Ortiz. He was Arias, yeah, but he was crushing balls with the left center, and I was like, who is this? Like, that, that's that one moment again. You're like, who is this? I, it's the same feeling I had with Andrew Jones in 96. I hit a ball in Kinston, North Carolina. <laughs> line drive over the shortstop's head into the gap, dude. And I'm like, oh, that's it. I mean, I've hit that ball a million times. That's a double every day of the week, and Andrew Jones makes a diving play in the uh, gap deep. And I'm like, who is this? Who is that? Yeah. The same moment. It's the same That's thought good. I had with Dave when David Ortiz came up in Double A. Yeah. In Akron, he hit a ball left center, crushed one. I go, "Who's this guy?" You know? Yeah, dude, bro. I, do I, you know? I used, I, I was there. I was at New Britain Rockcats, bro. New Britain, yeah, dude. When, I, when, dude, working at ESPN, I'm gonna tell everybody this. Listen, no offense to the town of Bristol, Connecticut. There's some lovely people in there. There's really not much to do. So we go to New Britain and we would just go to Rock Cats games and just pound some beers and throw yeah. see how hard we could throw the ball. <laughs> I love I love minor league baseball. It's one of my favorite things in the world. That was my, my first ejection ever was there at New Haven. Real the New Haven. Go, gun waving New yeah. Haven. Wow. The New, New Haven uh New Haven. I forget who they are, but yeah, New Haven New Haven had a team too. Yeah. I'm the New Haven think Stadium I was better than the uh Rock Cats Stadium than than the other one, but Dude, we used to call it gun wave in New Haven because whenever we go out in New Haven, like fights would happen. Really? <laughs> isn't wave. that where isn't that where Yale is? Dude, uh, yes, it is. Yes, dude, I will tell you this is a cool, super random story. New Haven is one of the hubs of music from like the seventies, eighties, nineties, and whatever. Because because if if a big band was coming up and they were just making it, they would have a uh, they would do Boston, and they would do New York. What's right in the middle? Middletown. New Haven. Yeah, New Haven. So, dude, the door, there's this place called Toads in New Haven. And it's like a big bar. You know, there's kind of almost the bars that are almost like a warehouse, and you can just kind of walk into different rooms, but it's all open air kind of thing. Dude, yeah. The doors played uh, Toads in New Haven. Um, Everybody, everybody. Billy, like, they, you would make your your – your bones and get fans in New Haven so that you could play in Boston so that you can play in, in Manhattan. I, and I, dude, I saw great, great bands in, in, uh, in New, gun wave in New Haven. Also, also, also when, uh, when the Rockcats, uh, the cool thing when the Rockcats were in, the, when I was seeing them as a kid at ESPN, uh, you know who the, I don't know if he was a first base coach or the third, third base coach of the Rockcats was. John Crook, and then I wound up working with him. <laughs> oh no way! Get out of here. Crook yeah, was he, in the in, coaching he, in the minors. He got into coaching a little bit. I think he wanted to be a manager, and I think he was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. The same yeah. way, you know, you know how it is. You know how it is. Oh, it's, the, it's, it's a grind in the big leagues. Let alone when you're chartering everywhere, yeah. getting three meals a day in the minors. You get like, <laughs> hey, here's some celery sticks with some peanut butter on top that your the trainer yeah. put together. Yeah, I remember when I was in Watertown, New York, my first year in A-Ball. Watertown. You get $850 bucks a month poverty yeah. level for five months. Yeah, $850 a month for five months. That's, that's poverty level. Right. Obviously, that's right. $4,500 a month. 
And you were you weren't walking in a building. You were walking in a building with fake uh, polo shirts. So it's not like you had a uh, yeah, I had fake polo shirts growing up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really couldn't buy polo shirts then. But dude, I remember Nick Paparesta, who was our who was our our trainer in Watertown, New York, used to like after BP, he'd be like, "Hey, get, get the uh, you know, get the spread." It was like saltine crackers soup. And I swear to God, and, and uh, celery sticks and peanut butter on. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Just, just dump a bunch of chunky uh, soups into a yeah. That's but, what but Mark Sabira, who was the head of the minor league at the time, was ahead of the curve. We used to get like this Gatorade shake and a Gatorade bar, which I know in other organizations they probably still don't have that. So 1995 in the minors, Mark Sabira was ahead of the curve as far as like trying to get wow. some nutrition in you. That's funny. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. he, now he's the man. That's funny, though. Yeah. I always like the guys who kind of came up in the minor leagues with you guys. You know who another guy like that is? Not very many announcers are like this. Matt Vaskersian used to ride the buses with the team in the minor leagues for the Brewers when he was trying to become a – he was their radio announcer. Little known fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For, for years, <laughs> he was like – he lived the same lifestyle you guys lived as minor leaguers. He was on the bus. He had no money. Well, he might have money. He's he's an LA guy. He might he might have been paying for the spreads back then. But anyway, funny story. All right, dude, what do you got coming up uh, today's your you doing that interview today? Uh, no, I got I'm doing the I'm doing the uh, I'm doing a uh, keynote speech tomorrow morning for my buddy's uh, company, yeah, Signers Signers International tomorrow, or Signers Financial tomorrow cool. tomorrow morning. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Today, you got your uh, notes? You got your notes? Did you write it out yet? Got a million notes, dude. 10 million dude i've been working on extremely impressive thing to see uh how you and sarah work together because sarah's basically like your co-producer for the uh breakthrough pro just were like that's really cool because she's taking notes she's doing a uh like powerpoint presentation yeah and yeah she's out. doing our worksheets and stuff yeah she's great man sarah's awesome, awesome man you guys are a great team all right We'll go right. get not nail the interview or nail the uh, keynote tomorrow. Okay, brother, love you, man. Uh, we get we we. Well, by the way, we gotta figure out tomorrow's time. We'll, we'll talk. Okay, we'll, we'll talk. Okay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hear this right now. Exactly, no one wants to hear this. Right. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. You guys do what you gotta do. We'll see you guys tomorrow at some point. Have a great, have a great day. All right, see you, man.